Hey, financially savvy travelers, welcome back to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. Today is a very special day for me, and I'm sure you guys will appreciate me sharing this wonderful news. So we're about a little over, a few days over the two-year mark of the Thought Card Podcast, which for me is like, wow, that's so incredible. But we actually just surpassed 40,000 podcast downloads Let me say it again. That's 40,000 podcast downloads. So thank you so much, everyone from all over the world for tuning into this podcast where we focus on affordable travel, paying off debt, building wealth, really all things travel and money. And to be honest, I was so apprehensive about starting this show two years ago, but it's been one of the things, one of the projects that I enjoy the most. I really enjoy sharing my thoughts with you in this audio format. I enjoy sharing interviews with you with really creative travelers from all over the world, as well as money nerds. So this is one of my favorite, favorite projects. And if y'all know me, I have a lot of projects that I do. So this has been just incredible. Thank you so very much. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you a snippet of an interview I did. It was actually a panel discussion. So if you're not aware, I recently released a brand new book called Traveling with a Full-Time Job. And in this book, I share strategies that you can use so that you can find more time when you have a traditional nine to five job, finding more time to travel. One of the questions I get asked all the time is, Danielle, you know, you have an average job with an average number of vacation days. How do you collect all these passport stamps? How do you travel so much? How are you out and about so much? And I figured I would compile all the things I had to say about that and my strategies in this book. Now, Traveling with a Full-Time Job is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Roku, all the places, including even asking your library to get the ebook. Uh, so there's lots of opportunities for you to grab this book. But inside of the book, I wanted to share other perspectives besides my own. Because I can tell you what works for me, but I feel like what's more powerful is to share with you also what has worked for other people. So as a bonus to the book, so if you buy the book, you get this bonus video And I interview four incredibly talented travel bloggers who also have full-time jobs. So these folks are traveling the world while holding down nine to five jobs from all over the world. So they're going to be telling you more about themselves and you'll be hearing that in a couple of minutes, but just wanted to just give you guys a brief introduction to them. So the first interviewee is Kay. She's over at Auk travels so awk travels on twitter she's one of my favorite people to follow on twitter she's hilariously funny and we always seem to be traveling either to the same places or around the same time so she is like she is definitely someone who i love 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 keeping in touch with her again she's at awk travels on twitter next we have rachel elizabeth she is blonde wayfarer That's Blonde, W-A-Y-F-A-R-E-R. She is a solo traveling queen, a fearful flyer of the year, an avid reader and writer, and a self-love ambassador. So you can head over to Instagram, Blonde Wayfarer, 
and you could follow her there. Thirdly, we have Joanna from joannae.com. She is a full-time IT professional working in New York City. And on her blog, joannae.com, she talks all about affordable luxury travel all around the world, natural hair, beauty, and style inspiration. So she shares tons of great information in the clip that you're about to hear. Now, last but not least, we have Christopher Rudder from Rudderless Travel joining us from Toronto, Canada. Now, if his voice sounds familiar, that's because back in episode 39, we shared some travel blogging tips from a travel blogging conference we went to in New York, uh, which is called TBEX. So that would be an episode for you to catch up and listen to the things that we learned from that conference. I also wanted to share with you guys that Chris also has a podcast. He has a brand new podcast called Travel Horror Stories. So if you wanna hear all about the awkward things that happen in travel, the funny things, maybe the you know weird things as well that you can experience when traveling, that will be the podcast for you. He has over, at this point, over 13 episodes that you can binge, listen to. And again, here's a dear friend of mine. And just to share with you, I was recently a guest on his podcast, again, Travel Horror Stories podcast, where I interviewed Chris and he told a story all about how he survived diarrhea for six days traveling abroad. So it was a hilarious episode. He, again, is like my brother from another mother. I actually have no siblings, so he is like my sibling. So uh, I know you guys will enjoy travel horror stories. All right, so that is it for this intro. I'm going to hit the play button so you guys could go ahead and listen to this interview. Again, if you want to hear the entire hour clip of the tips that they share, the resources that they share, which is a lot Highly recommend grabbing my new book called Traveling with a Full-Time Job. Again, it's available on Amazon, available also in Barnes & Noble, Roku, and you could even ask your library to get it as well. So I'm going to hit play now, um, and I'll see you guys next episode. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. In today's conversation, we're going to be talking all about the ins and outs of what it takes to actually travel with a full-time job, the things that they've learned, and uh, looking really forward to gleaning some insights from these folks. So let's first go around the room and introduce um, yourselves and your platforms, and what kind of uh, travel genre you focus in. So let's first start off with Kay. I'm Kay from The Awkward Traveler. I am based in Portland, Oregon, USA, uh, and I focus on uh, kind of making the travel sphere community more accessible and like relatable. Hi, I'm Rachel, um, and I blog over at blondewayfair.com. And I talk all about solo female travel and traveling with anxiety and a flying fear because I am scared to death of flying. I hate it so much. So I talk a lot about that. And I'm also a full-time high school English teacher. So I also talk a lot about cool books and different literary destinations as well. Hi, I'm Joanna from joannae.com. I'm a travel and lifestyle 
content creator from New York City. I share um, travel guides, travel tips, and basically the balance, how I balance travel and life while working full time. Hey, I'm Chris from uh, Toronto, Canada, and uh, I have a travel blog called Rudderless Travel. And uh, Rudderless Travel is all about short trips and mini breaks and um, weekend getaways and one day itineraries and things like that. Uh, I'm also a YouTuber, so I have a, a vlog it's just under my name, Christopher Rudder. And Danielle knows I'm launching a podcast on uh, July 1st, which is called Travel Horror Stories. Uh, yeah, that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> So when it comes to traveling with a J-O-B, what has been the biggest challenge that you've had to overcome? So let's start off with Rachel. So for me personally, I teach full time. So there are pros and cons and the pros being like, yay, summer vacation, you have all this time. However, something that's always been very difficult for me would be dealing with all of the high airfare that comes with summer travel and the school holidays and how much more expensive hotels are. And you really can't take off other times during the year, like your travel times are set. And there's no way you could be like, hey, I'm going to take off this week in the middle of March when prices are low to go travel. So that's always been a bit problematic for me when I want to go somewhere. When I initially started, it was trying to figure it out, really, because um, I had no idea that I had the ability <laughs> to travel or travel often while working full time. So a lot of research went into it on um, how I can make it work for me. I've been traveling since I was a kid, so it was more long term travel. So I had to really learn how to do everything I wanted to do in like a quick trip. <laughs> so more um, trying to figure it out. And one of the things in the book I talk about is really trial and error because no one gives you a guidebook of how to really do this. So I can totally relate to that. How about you, Chris? Have you found any challenges? Um, I think in the beginning when I first started traveling, uh, um, I it was about my vacation time. So uh, I only had like two weeks. Now it's a lot better, but in the beginning I only had two weeks. So it's just about what what can I do with two weeks for the entire year and where can I go and what can I see? And um, you're kind of a little bit limited with what you can do with only two weeks. So if you want to go to like Asia or something, that's like so far away to only be there for two weeks. Um, so I had to start really with what's around me. And then uh, it's really about logistics and planning and trying to see what you can as much as you can with the time that you have in in you know two weeks at the time yeah so that was a real struggle and just acceptance that i'm not gonna be able to see everything that i want to see within two weeks that was a big deal for me too (laughs) and i honestly i feel like once you accept it you could actually move on and actually enjoy everything that destination has to offer versus you just thinking about what you're missing out on so that's Mm -hmm. great okay how about you any challenges Uh, Yeah, I think um, back when I was in a larger team, my biggest challenge was competing for vacation, like days with my coworkers, because only one of us could be gone at a time. So it's like, well, I want to go to this festival, but my coworker wants to go see his family for like their birthday or something. So we would have to kind of like negotiate within our teams like, okay, who's who's out this week? Who's going to be out in the summer? who's taking off Christmas or whatever. So that was my biggest challenge. So when I was doing research for this book, I saw so many messages out there that talked about 
quit your job to travel the world and live your passions. And it's a a little (laughs) like, it's a little off-putting and disheartening because I feel like people who do have full-time jobs aren't, aren't as out there as others. So I really wanted to touch on that. So with people pushing this narrative, how, like, have you thought about taking the leap? And if not like if obviously we're all still here so what has stopped you from taking the leap to actually pursue your passion to travel the world full-time i'm gonna keep it real i like my job security (laughs) i I think we all are like yo (laughs) i am a single woman living in new york city new york city is expensive I, i i like to have a consistent paycheck um, as a Caribbean American, um, sometimes I take care of things for my family. Um, so having a consistent income is something that I need right now. Um, and I know there are options to like work for yourself and things like that. Um, I totally believe in multiple streams and all that, but a consistent paycheck is keeping me. <laughs> Totally understandable. How about you, Kay? Um, Oh, this narrative like kills me. Um, I like my job both in security, holla, um, but also like I just really (laughs) like what I do. Um, And I can't do it like for myself. I work in a lab and I'm not just going to like go out and buy my own lab and lab equipment. So um, I like what I do and I'm really like, passionate about the work that I produce. So I really love my job. Um, Teaching high schoolers, it's a lot of fun. They make me laugh. And I'm a very social person. So I like talking to the kids and my coworkers. Um, Even working remotely has been killing me a little bit. But I also too like the job security. I mean, health insurance is a really big deal, especially in the States. So not having to worry about that is um, a load off my mind. And I live in North Jersey and it's similar to New York as in it's very, very expensive. So having a consistent paycheck is important. And I worked hard to get where I am today in my job. I'm getting tenure next year and that's a really big deal for me. So I don't want to leave that. Um, Before I answer that question, I just wanted to add to uh, Kay's point about the previous question. Um, The biggest problem was also seniority for me. I just wanted to add that because it ties into that because seniority for me was also, um, I added like the two weeks was also during um, the most less desirable times to travel because everyone else took all the good times. So I just wanted to add that to that question um to answer the second question i mean i don't know how much time do we have for this question Uh, (laughs) because because i could talk all day about how much i can't stand this i don't know if it's if it's the misleading information i don't know if it's the pictures of of people sitting with margaritas in a chair with a laptop in their hand um acting like that's all they're doing is just sitting there and money's coming in um i think the message is just wrong so it's not actually the reality Um, And like you, I actually love my job as well um, because I work with children with special needs. And um, whenever I help a child or, uh, you know, a family or see that child succeed with something that they weren't able to do before, it's like the most rewarding thing for me. Right. So and I mean, I have a government job. I'm not going to lie. I work for the city of Toronto. So, you know, I'm like, I mean, really, like, I'm not going to lie about, you know, pay payment and security and and uh, vacation time and all those 
other good things, right? Um, but yeah, the thing about that narrative is that no one actually talks about what it's really like. And uh, yeah, and people are just, you know, the hustle's real. Like these nomads, ain't nobody sitting there chilling on a beach with a drink. Like they're all like trying to hustle, whether it's trying to bring in different different revenue streams, whether it's, um, you know, they're, they're checking old blog posts and refixing them or pitching constantly and being turned down and getting accepted for one pitch. And like, you know, it's just, it's a nonstop job. It's like they're hustling. It's not like anybody's sitting there chilling. So to present it in a way that is, uh, you know, just follow these 10 steps and you could be enjoying a margarita as well. It's just kind of, it's just wrong, you know? So um, no one talks about how hard it is and how often people are working, you know? And those who are kind of chilling and getting a relatively passive income coming in, um, there's tons of work that went in behind mm -hmm. their blog and how yeah, long definitely. they've been blogging. We're talking five years, yeah. 10 years, um, where they've been, you know, working on their blog like nonstop to get to where they are, where they could actually kind of enjoy that a little bit. But even then, they're still working. But I also just wanted to add that, like, when we actually take vacation, we can actually chill and enjoy the margarita for the most yeah. part, right? So <laughs> that there is some real benefits to working full time. Yeah, I was just going to add to Chris's point that um, also not everyone is an entrepreneur, or not everyone, you know is a person that can work for themselves. Like, for example, me, I'm, I'm not a hustler. Like I was a girl scout and I didn't sell one box of cookies. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm just not that person. So I think it's also discouraging to some people when maybe they want to try that lifestyle out and they realize like, Oh, this is a lot harder than it seems online. And it's because you don't see all that background work and you don't really see the certain like, aspects of being a nomad that's not sitting on a beach yeah it's just a lot of oversaturation of the, the good parts um I also wanted to add that traveling is kind of sort of my escape from work <laughs> so mm -hmm. like me being a hustler and doing all this work and then like I can actually just do nothing if I want to or I can do everything if I want to when I'm traveling so um a lot of people they they just say like, oh, I'm on a vacation 24 7, 365. And it's like, you would need a vacation from that vacation eventually, you know? So, what I love about this conversation is that we're all so experienced. Like, we kind of know we're savvy on what to do and what not to do with our full time jobs. So, how did you guys learn how to manage your time and do all this traveling? Did you read a book? Did you have a mentor? Or did you just trial and error? So, let's start off with Joanna. For me, it was a lot of trial and error. Um, I started small, like doing like a quick weekend trip or like three, four days, five days um, domestically um, before I started going um, international. And it, it was just like, and then like seeing other people, like, because um, when I started, like Instagram started to be more popular. I started to read more blogs. So just reading and seeing, kind of seeing what other people were doing um, and see how I can make it work for me. I kind of stumbled into it where I got a position that had a compressed schedule. So I was just given a lot of time and I didn't really know how to travel with it. 
I started first with like local trips, just going to different cities within my state, just road tripping. And then I was like, oh, I can take a plane on a four day weekend. And then I would go to like LA, Palm Springs, Seattle. And then I was like, maybe I can go further. And then I would go to maybe Chicago or Austin, Texas. Um, And through that trial and error, I kind of learned that what you need to do when you're balancing your time is to also manage your expectations. Because if you're going on a weekend trip somewhere, you're not going to see everything. And if you're going to a different country, you're not going to like really immerse yourself in the culture, like really in things outside of like your immediate location. And you just have to be okay with that. And I'm someone when I travel, I love to do everything. So like when I went to Costa Rica on that long weekend, it kind of like killed me a little that I couldn't like go to all the cities in Costa Rica. And I just had to remind myself, like, we're only here for five days. I'm only going to stay in the city. I'm only going to like eat five restaurants. Like I'm not going to do that much. So it's really just reminding yourself that you're on a limit and to not overhype the trip so you don't disappoint yourself. And something I tell myself all the time is like, you're going to be back one day. Like, don't worry, like you'll be back. So I think keeping that optimistic frame of mind is like so important. I could totally relate. It was more like, uh, you know, you go there, that doesn't work out. This is taking too much time. You know, all those feelings of getting upset that I didn't get to see everything and trying to squeeze so much stuff into something that you're, that you're just completely killing yourself. And, um, you know, just all those experiences um, led up to how I travel now. Um, it did start with local trips, like most people, like I, uh, Montreal was like one of the first trips that I took that was like away from Toronto. And then New York was like another one that, you know, would be like an international one. Uh, but, you know, it, it's all trial and error, to be honest. It's it's just everything from, you know, getting my iPhone stolen or pickpocketed to, you know, overbooking to missing flights to, um, you know, booking flights out of wrong Greek islands and just all kinds of nonsense that I did. Um, so it's all, and I still make those mistakes. So it's just, but, you know, they're just a lot less now, but yeah, it's all trial and error. And what, that's what you need. I think there's no way that you can read about that. I mean, you can get ideas from other people, but until you actually go through it and experience it yourself, there's really no way for you to realize like what's the best way for you. And then you have to have some bad stuff that's going to happen to you in order for you to to understand um, what you need to do. (laughs) So as far as managing my time is concerned, what's nice about the school calendar is that the dates are already pretty much set and picked for you in advance. Um, But that could also get a little frustrating because like everyone else, I'm the sort of person who loves to see everything. Um, Before coronavirus really happened for President's Day, I actually went down to Charleston and Charleston's really well known for its food scene. So I had this Google Doc of something like 30 or 40 restaurants and there's like, there's no way you can eat at 40 restaurants in five days. And I was getting so overwhelmed that I actually was texting my cousin and was like, just like pick the top five for me. So I don't have to make a decision. So definitely um, trial and error for me. But um, as far as trial and error, actually traveling goes, my first solo trip, it was a guided tour with Haggis Adventures of Scotland. So that was a really good way to get my feet wet with international travel because 
everything was sort of taken care of. But um, of course, I've made a lot of mistakes after that on different trips with getting lost, um, having like a train canceled, and then not getting into Stockholm till two in the morning, like the usual stuff. And I think the only way to deal with that is to just experience it and go with the flow. I mean, Mm -hmm. it happens to us all. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So we are at the last bit of this interview. So I'm going to just give you guys one last question. What would you say to those who believe that they can't travel the world with a full-time job? So Joanna, take it away. Planning is definitely something that you have to put into consideration. Saving. Don't expect everything Um, there's always another time that you can go back for the most part, just make it work for you. Like stop trying or like for me, it was like a stop trying to be like everyone else and do it for yourself because you miss out on a lot when you expect things like other people. Just because we work full time for an organization, um, you know, uh, a digital nomad is working full-time for themselves. So mm-hmm. either way, you're working full-time, right? So I know tons of digital nomads who um, they're not traveling the world either. They're, they're locked down in a particular place, whether it's not their home place, but they're someplace, and they're not traveling every day going around either. They're usually locked down in a particular city for like, you know, three, four, five months before they move to someplace else because they got to they gotta work too, right? So, I mean... Uh, I think it's just uh, the wrong, if the perception is just kind of messed up where we think that because we're working a job, right, that we can't travel. <laughs> I just don't understand how, how that is getting all twisted with the digital nomad. Everyone's working no matter which way you spin it. Um, and I feel that, of course, you could work, you could travel, um, you could work full time and still travel. It, it, it's just challenging in some situations, if you only have two weeks vacation or whatnot, but you always find the way um, there's always ways to make it work. And there's always ways that you can talk with your boss or do whatever in order to get more time, whether it's paid or not paid or whatever to, to travel more. Like it, there's just ways around it for sure. Um, so I just wanted to kill that whole thing where because I have a job, it means I can't travel. Like what the hell? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So um, yeah. And that's, that's my thing thoughts on that yeah (laughs) so it's absolutely possible to travel with a job um i've been very lucky in the sense that my mom and my brother also really like to travel and my mom she works in bankruptcy and restructuring and my brother has this um very time consuming finance job in Manhattan. Like there's been times where he's been still at the office at midnight and he still makes time to travel because it's what he's really passionate about and what Mm -hmm. he loves to do. So passion does go a long way. I mean, sure. Sometimes maybe trickier than others, but if your heart's in it, you can definitely balance both. And I think too, there's also this misconception that travel only counts if it's international travel or going to the other side of the planet when there's a lot to be said for those weekend trips and local travel as well. Um, that's travel too. And that's something that I'm learning with everything that's going on in the world right now. Excellent advice. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, Kay. <laughs> I think people who have the like perception that they can't travel with their full-time job. I mean, you know, every job is different, but maybe they should try redefining what they consider travel and the frequency of travel. Um, I know, for example, when I worked at Wendy's, it was terrible, but um, I was a minimum wage job and I had, you know, adult bills 
and I could only travel. I only took one trip that year and it was 10 days to Mexico. And looking back, it wasn't, I think total, like maybe $800, but I had to save for like eight months. And, you know, that week off, I wasn't getting paid. So I had to save extra to cover, you know, that week I wasn't getting paid, but it was like amazing and still one of the best trips I've ever taken. So if you only travel once a year, if that's all you can do, that's still travel. Alrighty, friends. I hope you enjoyed that very short clip of the bonus video that accompanies my brand new book, Traveling with a Full-Time Job. Joanna, Rachel, Chris, and Kay do a phenomenal job with really telling you like what it is really like juggling a full-time job, traveling. And let's just be clear here, they're all travel bloggers as well. So not only are they working full-time, but they're also creating content online, sharing their tips and perspectives with the world. So kudos to them. Now, after listening to that episode, head over to podcast.thoughtcard.com. There you'll be able to find the show notes to episode number 55, where you can connect with Joanna, Chris, Rachel, and Kay, as well as get links to purchase my book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Kobo, Scripts, and all the other places. And if you just want to like just learn more about the book, you can also read the first chapter for free there as well. So I'm really, really excited about that. Now that is it for this episode. Next episode, episode number 56, we're going to be talking about breaking into freelance writing. So if you have ideas or thoughts about, you know, getting started with freelance writing, this episode will be for you. So I will see you guys in the next one. Bye.